0: Welcome to another episode of The Zach Hailey Show. Today, I have the honor of being with Dr. Harkness. Dr. Harkness is a pediatrician at Nemours in Paoli. Originally from Philadelphia, he has been a pediatric hospitalist in the past. He went to medical school at the University of Pittsburgh and trained in pediatrics at the University of Alabama at Birmingham. He's been with his practice for the last 31 years treating pediatric patients in the outpatient setting. Dr. Harkness was actually my pediatrician as well, and amazingly, I had the opportunity to work under him in my third year of medical school as well. I've had experiences with many, many pediatricians in the past, and he is easily one of the top and best pediatricians I've ever had the honor of working with. Dr. Harkness has an amazing way of making children and parents just feel comfortable and extracting all the necessary information he needs to make a proper diagnosis. So welcome, Dr. Harkness. Thank you so much for coming.
1: Thank you so much for that wonderful introduction. I hope I live up to it. You will. I know you will.
0: Uh, So the way I start these podcasts out is I just read a couple statistics around kind of pediatrics, and then we'll go to you to see if you have any thoughts on these, okay? So statistics. The median attending physician salary across the U.S. is $339,000, while the pediatrics median salary is $217,000. Average hours worked a week across the U.S. is 51 hours, while pediatricians work 47 hours per week on average. 59% of all U.S. attendings are happy compared to 58% of pediatricians. 47% 47% burnout on average across America with burnout 49% in pediatrics. 41% across the across America would choose when they're asked the question, would you choose the same career the same specialty again? All attending physicians about 41% said I'd choose the same career again. 46% of pediatricians said they would choose the same career again. Step 2 score average is 246 with the average pediatrician score being 244 any thoughts, anything jumped out to you at all with these statistics? It did.
1: I was very surprised that the burnout rate was yeah. that high and that the satisfaction was that low. Yeah. I really expected pediatric satisfaction to be in the 80-90% range because... All of my friends and all the people that I know do it just love it. Yeah. We get aggravated. We get annoyed. We get, you know, the insurance company you have to do this and that. But um, most people just love it. And there's something about kids that just makes you kind of enjoy it through the day. There's always something through the day that just makes you chuckle or makes you smile. So I was really surprised yeah. that there wasn't more satisfaction and less burnout. Where do you so, think
0: that number comes from? Do you think it's people just not reporting it, people putting on a face? Or do you think it's other places I, you're not
1: familiar with. It might be that they're putting on a face. Yeah. It might be. Um, it might be. I mean, certainly the last two and a half years, the burnout mm-hmm. has gone way up. I mean, yeah. we didn't even know the word burnout until March of 2020. Um, so the last two years, the burnout has really been difficult because yeah. there's so much unknown. Um it's funny when we started doing telemedicine, um, they we they put us into telemedicine. I said I feel like I've been training for the Olympic swim team for the last twenty years, and then they said, "Oh no, you're going to be diving." And it's like <laughs> it's it's the same uniform, it's the same pool, but it's not the same thing. So that kind of stuff really contributed to burnout. But um, I don't know. I, I, maybe it is that just people either weren't reporting or they're just putting on a good yeah. face.
0: But You've never felt burnout, have you, or have you? Not
1: really. Yeah. No, not really. I've felt stressed from, yeah. you know, trying to get more kids in and more things. But, no, I don't feel burned out yeah. I, every day. Yeah. Like I said, something happens with a child that just makes you smile and think, God, I'm really lucky to be doing this. Now, to start the, question, to start the mm. interview
0: about a pediatrician, mm. I have a, a, a strange question. Why does it seem all pediatricians always have stickers on them at all times? Constantly, constantly it's
1: drilled into us from the beginning. <laughs> Those <But> smile makers <laughs> should be sending me gift baskets every year. I don't know why I don't get them. Smile makers has, I mean, not to to plug. They're them. not sponsoring
0: the They're show. They're not sponsoring the show. No, but
1: they should get something. <laughs> so stickers are something we did. Oh my gosh, probably back in the eighties or nineties. And because a lot of people were giving out lollipops and those kind of things, and we thought, that's really not healthy. And we found stickers. And when we first found them, um, we said, well, kids are going to get tired of those. I mean, you're going to get the same sticker only. Never. Never. Have they ever gotten tired of them? They still look for them. Occasionally could the go, I have that one already. Could I have a different one? Never get tired of them.
0: So. It's such a consistent winner. Oh, I it mean, is. Th- th- it I is. I don't think I in my short experience, yes. I don't know, maybe you can talk about it in your long experience. Mm. A kid any age, really, unless they mm-hmm. have no idea what's going on around right. them at such a young age, loves stickers. Even well,
1: 18. No. The boys will take stickers until they're about nine or ten. Oh, then they'll stop. And then they're too cool really? for stickers. Yeah. And then at about 16 They'll take Minions or Spongebob. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've become an expert on stickers. Really? Please tell me more. Well, the part of the medical school training is you got to know what sticker to give to what kid. Because if you give a princess to a two-year-old, it's like, "Mm, it's not really right. So, um, but girls always take stickers. Uh, Once they get to eight or nine, you puppies or kittens... Always good. Got it. So
0: between 9 and 16, don't give boys stickers. Don't give boys stickers. Do you give them anything or just kind of a fist bump and like, hey, man, you're cool. cool." You're cool. You're cool. You're cool. (laughs) So let's get this started. Okay. What is pediatrics? Okay.
1: Pediatrics is really the care of kids from birth um, up through the age varies, usually about 21. Um, Some people go up as high as 24, 25, uh, but it's generally kids. I always think of it as kids from birth through high school. Yeah, That's the main part of it and then the beginning part of college. And we basically take care of everything. We have a lot of specialists that we use, but we kind of coordinate all the care for everybody. We're much more focused on development and on growth than other specialties because that's the main thing kids have to do. They have to grow. They have to develop. And so we really focus on that. Um, and focus on parenting and getting people to learn how to be good parents.
0: Yeah, yeah. And why did you pick pediatrics?
1: Oh, I picked it years ago. I, re- I mean, I don't want to bore everybody, but my story no, is not. Uh, when I was about 14, I think I was a freshman in high school. And we did, it was a freshman sophomore, and we did the dissection of the frog. Uh, yeah. So they had the frog and you did the pithing and then you opened it up. And, and we I opened it up and w- with my partners, I watched that heart beating and the lungs going. And I thought oh, there was like a lightning bolt came out of the sky and said, this is really cool. And that's when I said, you know, I think I want to be a doctor. Mm. And so I talked to some people who were at the high school who were inside. I says, well, you know, you want to be around, you know, people and help out and see. So the next year, there was a school back then in Rosemont, Pennsylvania. And talk about not PC. It was the, the St. Saint, um, um, Saint Edward's Home for Crippled Children. That was the name of it. And um, my buddy and I said, hey, we'd like to volunteer there. We're talking about being in medicine. My buddy was doing the same thing. So we went once a week, and we would help the kids with their swimming. Um, So we would get in the pool and these kids with cerebral palsy and spina bifida and and the water physical therapy was really good for them. So we'd get in and help them swimming. And I had so much fun playing with the kids. I thought, that's what I really want to do. I think I want to be a pediatrician. So I went to college. Um, I did uh, work at Lankanel Hospital while I was in college. They had a program where you could come in as a college student and do venipuncture and do lab work. So I got to do lab work. I got to learn how to do venipuncture. And I would love going to the kids' floor and, like, working on the kids' floor. And I thought, yeah, this is really good. And sure enough, got to medical school. And everybody in medical school said, don't go in knowing what you're going to do. Look at everything. You never know if it's really going to be it. You know, try all the different specialties. You knew. I knew. I knew. I did. I mean, I looked at anesthesia and that looked cool because they would come in at seven in the morning in clogs and shorts and T-shirts and drive a Maserati home. I thought that would be nice. And I looked at orthopedics. But with the anesthesia, I thought, I want to talk to people that are actually awake. And orthopedics, it was just, you know, little ladies with broken hips and, you know, people with fractures. And every time I get to a kid, I'd be like, oh, good, it's a kid. Yeah. So by the end of medical school, I said, you know what, this is I'm not gonna fit cool I'm not gonna kid myself yeah. anymore. I'm I'm a pediatrician. And you had and your went for.
0: your pediatric rotation and you're like, this is this
1: is it. This is it. I had a yeah. terrible pediatric rotation. Really? I did. I had a terrible inpatient really? pediatric rotation. I had a terrible outpatient pediatric Yeah, the wow. pediatric inpatient was at a hospital at Pittsburgh in um, in Allegheny. Um, it was West Allegheny, I think it was. And had a terrible time, I had nobody there. But while I was in medical school, I got to shadow a doctor in Tyrone, Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. which if you've gone to Penn State, you might have heard of Tyrone. It's this little teeny tiny nugget mm-hmm. just off of Penn State. And I got to shadow her for the summer. So for the summer, I um, got to go in the office and I watched her and I would do things and she would show me things. And I loved it. I just absolutely loved it. And What did, that's you, what did you love about it? Their interaction. Yeah. Especially in a small town. But she was, you know, she was a very shy, very, you know, like me, very quiet. very. Shy. <laughs> um, but people for those who don't know Dr. Yeah, Harkness, I'm he's not easy, easy. shy. No, I'm not quite shy. <laughs> um, but she was so well-respected and so well-liked, and she had such a great relationship with the kids and with the parents that I thought, this is great. Boy, I wish I could do this. And then I thought, mm, I can. Yeah. You know, that's something to, to strive for. So I really had a great time there. She was a, a really good mentor. Wow. Um, to get me um, to confirm that I wanted to be in pediatrics.
0: So then so then, residency comes. <coughs>
1: oh, excuse me. Mm-hmm. You're
0: fine. Residency comes mm-hmm. and, pe- where, and where did you start? I, I remember I just read it, but you were at University of Alabama. Alabama, yes. What was that like, residency?
1: Residency was tough. Yeah. I mean, residency – now, I took kind of the easy way out because when I was a resident, everything was every third night call. Okay. Uh, everything was through every third night call. When I went to Birmingham, um, I got there. I liked the people. I liked the environment. The hospital is incredible. I mean, we don't, in the North, we don't think of the South as having huge hospitals. It was an incredible hospital, incredible medical center. But they were also called every fourth night, which I thought, ooh, is that going to be okay? And everybody said, trust me, you're going to learn everything you need to know with every fourth night call. So I did, and I did. I learned everything I needed, and I worked plenty hard enough with every fourth yeah. night call. I mean, we had rotations where I was on every other night. Yeah, you know, the twenty-four hour and twenty-four hour off. I had a couple of those wow. rotations. Um, so it was tough. It was a yeah. lot of lot of workload. It was. It does force you to learn how to think when you're tired. So there's a lot of times in residency when you're up at two or three in the morning and you get notified you have another admission and it's somebody complicated. And you have to go think about it and you're thinking, oh, I just want to lay down for yeah. a few minutes. And it does teach you that. Yeah, But residency, it's interesting for all the things that you learn in medical school, which are all very important. I don't want to talk the students out of studying but you relearn it all in medicine, in residency. Yeah. So in residency, you really learn the practical part. Like, you know about streptococcus and the different types of streptococcus, but you don't really learn strep throat till you're in residency. And then in residency, very quickly, you're in it, you're doing it. It's like immersion therapy, and it works really well. Did you see a difference
0: between the years? Was, like, the first year the most difficult, and then it got easier, or did it get harder
1: no, it was about the same. Yeah. Um, the first year was difficult. Yeah. The first day, God, I remember my first day. <laughs> oh my God, I was in the NICU. I had never seen a kid sm- NICU first day. NICU first day. Ducky. I had never seen a kid smaller than like two and a half pounds. And I walked in. And a what's NICU? the normal weight of a newborn? Normal be. weight of newborn is about six or seven six pounds. Six or seven pounds. So two pounds was about the smallest I had ever seen through medical school and everything, it ever you know, taken care of. And they handed me a list with 10 patients on it. Five of them were under 1,000 grams. So I had a five, I remember this, I had a 580, a 620, a 640, a 780, and a 940. And then I had five other kids. And they said, you make, get started because these five need to be on hyperal, hyperalimentation. So you've got to write those orders. And these are your kids for the, it's your service. You're not on call today. So these are just the only ones you'll have today. And I remember thinking, what did I do? Oh, my God. And I ended up working. I finally got done rounds at about 630 the following morning when the next day started. And I had to rewrite everything all again. So the first day or two of NICU, I thought, I'm never going to survive this.
0: Was the attending helpful? Did he? Oh, yeah.
1: The attending, the resident was helpful. The attending was helpful. The attendings didn't really do as much in residency. I see. The resident was very helpful. It was very nice. But it's also like, yeah, I'm your resident. Don't mess up. Okay, okay. Day one in okay, the NICU. Okay, yeah, day one. <laughs> okay, insane. I'll try. So that was tough. So I think after that, everything got easier. Yeah. Because they never had to go through that again. But it was tough. It was a, a lot of work in residency. Um, but again, you're doing what you want to do. Yeah. So you're in with the babies. You're in with the parents. Um, so it really does help. Um, Yeah. But it was tough residency. Now the second year is more subspecialties and different things. So you're doing different, you know, you did a nephrology rotation and everything. And then the third year you did a lot of, um, supervising. Yeah. So, um, I supervised, I remember the first, the first day of third year, I was supervising at a NICU down South. They had the main hospital and then they had kind of the community hospital Mm -hmm. and it was called Cooper Green. Mm-hmm. and that was right next to the UAB hospital. And I was in the NICU there my first day, and they had a child that was born with gastroschisis, mm-hmm. which is where the intestines are born outside the stomach, yeah. And nobody had, had suspected it because we didn't do that many ultrasounds back mm-hmm. then. And I remember um, going to the delivery because it was a C-section, and they pulled the head out, and then they pulled out what looked like about 20 different little feet. And then I thought, that's not right. <laughs> There's something wrong here. <laughs> and so that was again, that was like welcome to third year, <laughs> flying right in. And then the rest of the third year got easier after that. So oh it really God. was it really was good. But the God. workload is tough, but yeah. you know what, you're doing it with everybody else who's also doing it. They're yeah. all going through the same thing. You have some bad days, you have some really great days. Um, but you all get through it together. You yeah. have a real camaraderie. I'm still friends with some of the people I went to residence yeah. with.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, that's amazing. Yeah. And and so you're so did you think about specializing further after that or no?
1: I, d- I did. Yeah. I thought about pediatric orthopedics. I I've see. always been interested yeah. in orthopedics, and I always thought surgery was yeah. cool. I don't have the dexterity for I
0: it. See. I see. Okay. Did,
1: I did three circumcisions when I was an OB uh-huh. student. Two of them bled, and my OB resident said, you really shouldn't ever do these. You should right. find somebody else to do them. Yeah. They weren't They weren't very tactful back then. And then orthopedics, uh-huh. I loved orthopedics, and yeah. I still love sports yeah. medicine. Yeah. It's kind of one of my hobbies. Yeah but trying to put a cast on oh my god I had to cut off more cast that I would put on and they'd go you can't send them out with that so really cut it off new. yeah and I just figured that's not really gonna work and I and I didn't want to do just surgery yeah. I did want to do some medical parts yeah. too so I thought about that but um, you know Something that when you see a lot of general pediatricians in residency and they're happy and you like them and they like their lifestyle, Um, it made me more and more comfortable being a general pediatrician. And
0: you, I mean, I've known you for a while and Mm. and you seem very,
1: very happy. I love what I do. Yeah, Yeah. no, I really do. I found my niche. Yeah, Yeah, you can tell. So so
0: after residency, where did you go?
1: Uh, I had a uh, commitment to the National Health Service. Got it. Okay. So I got my little packet from National Health Service to find out where I really wanted to go. And they filled the whole thing out and they ignored it and they said, we need you in Mississippi. (laughs) So all of a sudden in third year residency, I realized I was going to Mississippi to practice for two years. So I interviewed at a couple of places in Mississippi. And this one place was a little tiny town called Columbia, Mississippi. And they had an administrator they had just got who was this real wheeler dealer, like, you know, fancy suit, silk tie, really out of place in a small town in Mississippi. But he said he was looking to have a pediatrician. They had never had a pediatrician in the town. Every time that you went to pediatrician, you had to go to Hattiesburg, which was 37 miles away. Wow. And, and, and an OB. Wow. There was no OB in the town either. So the family practice docs could do some of the OB, and they did some of the pediatrics. But um, he said, we'd like you here. He gave me a little guaranteed salary. And he said, I'll build you a clinic. I'll send you blueprints. Tell me what you want to change, what you want to do. So I'm a third-year resident. Yeah. I'm getting blueprints. I don't know what I want to do. I had to pick out a paper system. I had to pick out a billing system. Jeez. Well, none of it's computer. This was yeah. all paper uh-huh. billing systems. So I picked that out, and we I started Columbia Pediatric Clinic in uh, Columbia, Mississippi. And I was there for two years. Uh, I got married right before I went, so my wife came with me. I loved small town living, but it's small town living. I mean, it's, you know, you You go must have been a,
0: doing tons of things, right? Oh, everything. Yeah. I
1: did suturing. I did, you know, everything. Uh, I would go into the hospital for C-sections and everybody was very patient about it. You know, you'd say, oh, I'm sorry. You know, have a waiting room full of people mm-hmm. and you go, I'm sorry. I have to go get a, do a C-section and go, okay. And they just pull really? out another book and yeah, they were fine with it. Um, so, um, I did that for two years and I really loved it, but we really felt far from home. At this point, it'd been five years from home. We wanted to start a family. Um, and so that's when I looked around to come back here. Mm -hmm. And in 86, I was looking at practices in this area. And, um, there was a a friend of mine who had a cousin who was a pediatrician at Bryn Mawr. And he had just—he always wanted to do intensive care, and he never did. He was a very flashy guy, too. And he started a hospitalist practice in 85. And I still think that was the first hospitalist practice in the country. Wow. Um, But he started a pediatric hospitalist. So he took the Bryn Mawr Hospital pediatric floor. Yeah. And he would take admissions to the floor, and he would take care of them in the hospital. He was on 24-7, and he would take all the admissions in the hospital— and then when they were done, he would discharge them back to their pediatrician, wow. which I thought was great because in an office in Mississippi, if you thought somebody had meningitis, you had to leave the practice. You had to go across to the hospital, do the spinal tap, start the IV, start the medicines. If they needed to get transferred, you had to stay there or transfer. You're in the hospital two hours and everybody's still coming in for their well visits. So it was crazy. So the idea of having a pediatrician in the hospital just to take care of that... And somebody else in the office, which is which is common now. I mean, that's the usual now, was not there at the time. You left the office to come in and do your inpatient stuff. So I thought it was a great idea, and he was tired of being on call 24-7. So I joined him. I was with him for two years. His name is Jim DeMarco. I was with him for two years. He was a fantastic pediatrician. And then in the middle of the second year, Holy Redeemer Hospital up in Meadowbrook said they want to start a unit. So they talked to me, and I and with Jim's help, I actually started a unit there. Wow! And I was a hospitalist there from eighty eight wow. to ninety one, and the first year was twenty four seven. Oh my god! And I lived next to the hospital, and oh you go god. in all, you know, you just I, I look at it now like a blur. Like yeah. how did I ever do that? And um and then in ninety one, I decided I really wanted to get back closer to this area because yeah. all my family was here. And we had started a family, and I really wanted to get back to outpatient. So luckily, the people that I worked with at Bryn Mawr from 86 to 88, I knew all the practices. Yeah. So when Steve Townend and John Babinez came to me and said, hey, we're looking for another pediatrician, I was like, I know these guys. They're really good. So I jumped with them, and I started with them in 91. That's amazing. That's amazing. Why did you pick outpatient versus hospitalist? Hospitalist, you didn't get to follow the families long yeah, enough. Yeah, I see. you would see them. It, it also a lot of the hospitalist stuff is the really acute intensive care. Okay, you got to run down the ER because some kid's having a seizure. Yeah, and you don't know why he's having a seizure. And my partner Jim, oh, that was his bread and butter. He loved that. I was never confident enough to love that. I was always. I always felt like I hope I get this right that mm-hmm. um, it was really it's tough stuff. Yeah. Um, so I never liked intensive pediatric care as much as I did the more relaxed style with outpatient. outpatient. Yeah.
0: And you've been in the same practice for what? 30, 30 years. That's, yeah, 31 years. That's amazing. I in 91. That's amazing. Yeah. So you so you I feel like you traveled around, did a, a mm-hmm. couple different things mm-hmm. and then you settled on the outpatient. Yes. And you're happy that you settled yes. on the outpatient. Very yeah, much yeah, yeah, so. yeah. Yeah. Can you tell me why you're happy? What, what you love so much about being an outpatient
1: pediatrician? Um, the fact that you were my patient and yeah. now you're a student. The it's fact crazy. that I have about 20 patients who used to be my patient who are now parents. That's Watching sad. the kids grow up is really good. but that's, and, that's, and, I was, and I was thinking about that. That's not the best part of being yeah. a pediatrician. The best part about being a pediatrician is having the newborn's parents come in. with their, It's their first child. And they're scared to death. Mm. This little thing has come into their lives. They've been waiting for nine months. Everybody's expecting everything. And they have no idea what it's going to be like. And the thing cries all the time. And it pees everywhere. And it poops everywhere. And it's always hungry. And you're trying to sleep. and, and, And they come in after two or three days after being in the hospital thinking, I don't know what I'm doing. And I can walk them through. And I can show them all the cool stuff that babies do. They grab your finger. Look at that. He's looking at me. He's okay. See how well he's breathing. Let's feel his soft spot. Oh, I don't want to feel his soft no, come here. Come feel the soft spot. It's okay. And I jostle him around a little rougher than I need to just so they see it's okay. And how are you doing with the feeding? Well, he just feeds up. That's perfectly normal. Let's settle down. And being able to watch those parents leave the office like, oh. I think I can do this. And it's just the most wonderful feeling to know that you've really helped somebody get a start on something that's their lifelong profession now. You know, once once you have a baby, you make the commitment that a little part of your heart is gonna walk around outside your body the rest of your life. And I just to get them started on that road is by far the best thing in pediatrics. Yeah.
0: I never knew the the jostling around was intentionally hard. That's genius. Yeah, Yeah. that's genius. Not,
1: I don't shake them. Yeah, no, of course, yeah. yeah. But yeah, you know, you pick them up and you because when you do, you can tell you've done it right because when you say, okay, let's check his back, and you turn him over, and both mom and dad go, it's okay, I got him. It's okay. Um, That's when you know, okay. You, they realize they're they're watching.
0: Because you know? I remember my mom and dad, when they were talking about you and Dr. Town, and they're like, I can't believe what they were doing with yeah. you. And I
1: was like, but it's a,
0: it's an amazing stretch. I never oh, yeah? thought that yeah.
1: it's, a, that's, it's it's purposeful. Get them used to it. Yeah, I I used so. to, I'll used i tell you, the one thing I miss a lot in COVID yeah. is that I used to love to have the big brother and sisters come in because mm. I would have them listen to the heartbeat and I'd have them feel the belly and say, look at this weird thing. This is their cord. You used to have that that's going to be his belly button. And then I would tell them the trick, which is how do you tell if a baby likes you? Well, you tell because if you put your finger in their hand and they grab it, that means they like you. Well, babies have a grasp (laughs) reflex. So you put anything in their hand and they grasp it. (laughs) Yeah. A lot of good pediatrics. Pediatrics. pediatrics.
0: It's pediatrics. (laughs) Pediatrics.
1: A lot of it is based on deception and dishonesty. So it's okay. That's the same as good parenting, is deception and dishonesty. (laughs) So the little seeing a four year old or a five year old who puts their finger in the hand and the baby squeezes and they go, Yeah, he likes you. Isn't that neat? Well, so little things like that are just so rewarding. You have so
0: many of these tricks. I'm trying to remember when I was with you. I remember when you showed me the rubbing on the side of the mouth and their face would open and they would turn. What other tricks and do you And the push
1: use? on the chin. The push, push on the, the chin, chin and they open their mouth yep. and yeah, things and like this. Yeah, they open their mouth really well, yeah. so many,
0: And the feet, the Babinski yep. and stuff yep. like that.
1: And the stepping,
0: yeah. And then beyond that, just the the ways that you can connect with and make them feel comfortable. Yeah, you are yeah. a god. At least <laughs> You are a god. I remember I stole everything you did. Uh, Good. I remember the, uh, the the. what did you eat for lunch? Oh, let me see if I can figure out yeah. what you ate. Oh, yeah. you have peanut butter. <laughs> There's an elephant in your ear. All of it is completely stolen it from you. all
1: helps. No, you're welcome to all of it. everybody listening He's yeah. Welcome to all of it. You're all welcome Do to you have it. any
0: more that I didn't mention? Like some of your any of your oh, favorite gosh. tricks that um, we can steal.
1: My favorite tricks with the three and four year olds yes. is um, they get very nervous about being there. So my favorite trick with a three and four year old, if you remember, is the first thing I do is I give them the otoscope.
0: Mm, Even
1: I- if they don't want to take it, I give them the otoscope and I say, You're gonna do my checkup. So I want you to check my eyes and you check their eyes and I want you to check my teeth and you open them up <laughs> and then I go, Okay, my turn. And for some reason, once you do that, I don't know why, they'll open their mouth. And then, you know, check my ears yeah. and, you know, like, so how's it look? So it's kind of hairy because old people have hairy ears. <laughs> remember that? Old I people remember. always have hairy I ears. Remember. And then and then you look in and you make an animal noise or yeah. a frog noise or something. And just getting them into that, um, that's one of the tricks I've used a lot. It only works for like three and four, maybe yeah. five-year-olds. The little kids from one to two, you just do it. You, you just get in it. there and do it. And they're going to scream and holler. Um Sometimes if you, you know, if you approach them from the feet rather mm. than the head, so if kids are three really or four nervous, year olds, the- three or four or even younger, mm. like the one and two year olds, if you go in and you kind of tap them on the feet and it's okay, and where's your belly? And oh, look, there's your, belly and there's your belly. And sometimes they'll let you get a little closer. But um, yeah, that's one of the things we like the most about having medical students. And I'll yeah. say to medical students, you don't need to learn the dose of amoxicillin here. You don't need to learn the, you know, six different things that can give you a cough here. You need to learn how to approach a kid at different ages because you approach a four-month-old the way you're approaching a two-year-old. It's not going to work and vice versa. So we want you to understand what the development is like of different kids at different ages and how you can use that to approach kids and make them more comfortable, which really is going to make your job a lot easier. Yeah. So if you can make them comfortable, you're going to get a lot more information.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean, and it's it's amazing what I what I learned with you you specifically and mm. your team there is, is fantastic. The team as well. is
1: great. We're so lucky.
0: At what mm. age do you talk start talking to the kids? Like you can talk directly to the kids. Is it does oh, it depend? Three days
1: old. Three days I old. Talk, yeah, I talked to them right them all the time. right of right yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, you talk to them at three days yeah. old because if you talk at three days old and you use a really high voice, <laughs> a lot of times <laughs> they'll make a little noise back, and that just flabbergasts really? the parents. Yeah, like even an, eh. if, yeah, like you know. Uh, and it's got to be a high voice. Uh-huh. I'm a little, I got a little cold. So no, it was a And sometimes they'll just go. Ah. <laughs> and the parents are flabbergasted that they can do that. But, um, yeah, I talk to them all the time. Um when well, one to two, yeah. I always talk to the parents and ignore them initially and got I stay far it, away. Got it. And then eventually I, I, kind I mean, approach it's all him. flooding yeah. back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I eventually start to to do them, but I start to talk to the parents first.
0: Yeah. And then really at
1: age three, I yeah. start to talk to them a little yeah. more. I don't know if you remember Dr. Town, who yeah, was my I remember. Hero. I remember
0: Dr. He was just
1: the most wonderful pediatrician and um he taught me so much but he used to always talk to the kids yeah and it was funny he used to talk to he used to see my daughter and my son used to see um john babbitt yeah and he would talk to my daughter and say so emily i hear that you're feeding solid foods and you're doing this doing that (laughs) and one day emily had to see dr b yeah and dr b started asking questions to my wife Uh and emily said I'm the patient. I'm, I'm over here. Yeah, you didn't ask me anything. That's amazing. So, yeah, but I remember to to
0: my parents used to, I mean, when they first, Dr. Townsend can be an interesting fellow when yes. you first meet him. Yeah. They were almost put aback. They're like, oh, yeah. wait, 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 Where yeah. this is our kid here. And yeah. he's, like, he's like, excuse me, I'm going to yeah. talk to Zach, right? He so was, was like, brilliant. It's, it's yeah. amazing. He still is brilliant. Yeah. It's yeah. oh, crazy. Yeah. So so what does an average day look like? You, What does an average day look, day like? look like? Yeah. Right
1: um, now. I get in usually about seven o'clock. Yeah. And I look over the charts. I see, I don't really look at the charts for the people coming in. Yeah. I look at who's called overnight, who needs notes, who needs a call back, who got sick overnight. And then eight o'clock, we put the rolling st- yeah. roller skates on and we start going. Stickers and I, in I the see pocket. patients, yep, stickers in the pockets, stethoscope around the neck. And we go through until about noon. And then at noon, I kind of catch up, finish my charts, um, grab a little lunch. And then at one o'clock, go back to it. And go through it till five and then I'm usually there till about seven yeah. answering phone calls and writing notes and that kind of thing. So
0: how did COVID change your practice? Oh, it changed everything. Yeah, yeah it changed everything.
1: Well, you have to remember COVID's different now than it was back in yeah. March of twenty twenty. We're recording
0: this in what is it, thirtieth yes, of today, November twenty twenty two.
1: In March of twenty twenty, we all thought we were gonna die. Yeah. Because people were getting COVID and then they go to the hospital, get on the ventilator, and then they croak Yeah. And we were scared to death. Yeah. So for a while, what we did in the practice is we closed the practices, obviously, and we set up a tent outside wow. the office. Wow. And we set up a medical, kind of a medical uh, station outside the office. So everybody would go out, gowned, gloved, hats, goggles, the whole bit. And we would have patients drive up if they were, if the kids were sick and we would have them come in and we would, you know, check them out and do whatever we had. We didn't have COVID tests then. Mm. So, um, that changed everything. We couldn't do anything. Um, and what happened was, we planned for having 20, 30 sick kids a day and hoping that was going to be enough. We got nobody. Turned mm. out that once you take kids out of school and put masks on everybody, nobody got sick. So then we said, okay, now we got to do something. We got to see the newborns. We got to see the little babies. So they didn't want me seeing any sick kids because I'm old and frail apparently. Uh-huh. And so so they shipped me frail, to Collegeville. Yeah. They shipped me to Collegeville. And uh, the Collegeville's got a great office and a really great staff. And um, they had me see newborns at Collegeville. So I would see newborns, one-month-olds, two-month-olds. And then they also set up an outdoor immunization clinic, both in media and at Payoli, i think it was yeah we had one too and so people could drive up bring their kids out and we would do a quick height weight we would do a telephone interview afterwards to go through stuff and we started to try and get back to doing normal visits we were really i'm really proud of the fact that we kept our immunization rates up really high uh-huh. through this everybody else has dropped dramatically yeah. and we really kept them high through this so um We changed and then finally in March of 2021, they said, okay, we got to start getting back to normal. And we started taking patients in the office again. Um, So, it's changed us a a lot. Um, The masks are never fun because, you know, it's nice to see people's faces, especially for the little kids. Yeah. The kids under two or three never see masks. Yeah. um, Because they're at home all the time. So, you know, all they do all day is try and pull dad's mask off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's changes that way. But luckily, yeah. it's getting back to normal. Yeah. So big question here. Okay.
0: If I was going to give you, if I gave you today mm-hmm. $100 million, oh. tax-free, <laughs> my, everything free, it's in your bank account, you can do whatever you want with it. Okay. Do, I, you have four options. Okay. Option number one, continue practicing full-time. Okay. Option number two, you start working part-time and not working mm. as much. Option number three, you switch careers entirely and go start, I don't okay. know, building bridges or whatever you want to do. And option number four, you quit everything, go retire on a beach and do okay. whatever.
1: There's not a, there's not like the private box at the Eagles games? There, there, well, do, with $100 million, $100 million, I think do the private so box. So I have the private box at the Eagles yes. games. Um, I would probably go part-time yes i would definitely still do what i'm doing yeah so i would do at least two days a week yep um i would probably spend at least one of them at a place where it's volunteer i see so community oh. volunteers in Madison's place in westchester where they take care of immigrants and mm. people who don't have insurance and yeah. nobody pays a dime yeah. and you just go volunteer your time oh. and i did that for a couple of years And I would love to get back to doing that again. I just haven't had the time to get back there.
0: Why do you like it so
1: much? People are so appreciative. Really? Oh, my gosh. To see people who come in. I wish I spoke Spanish because most of them are Spanish speaking. But we have interpreters. Yeah. And the people are so appreciative. And the kids are so nice. And they're just so thrilled to have that kind of attention. Yeah.
0: How lucky they um, are to have you there. Well,
1: how lucky I am to have to be able yeah. to help them. How yeah. lucky I am to have an opportunity to do Great that. Great attitude. Um, so they're really, it's wonderful to be yeah. able to do that. So I would do at least one day of strictly volunteer. Yeah. And then I thought about doing it all volunteer, but there's so many patients in my practice yeah. that I really like. They would miss you so, so much. So I know. I would They try still to get, have to they, do,
0: I, have, I have family members and close yeah. friends that were like, can you get us to Dr. Harkin? But you, <laughs> everyone loves you. Everyone wants well, to be everybody with everybody loves
1: you. me, but I'm also the only male. I see. So okay. we're looking for another. Male pediatrician, so it. all the adolescent males mm-hmm. all want to see me um, because they don't want to get checked by yeah. girls. Yes. yes, um, yes. But, um, but yeah, no, I would, I would miss seeing the people in my practice because the people in my practice are also really appreciative and really kind and really helpful. Um, It's nice to do it for people that can't afford it, but it's also nice to do it for people who really appreciate it. So, so I would probably two days a week, maybe three. um, If my wife was doing something as like, I know she'd like me to retire because she's been retired now. She retired right before COVID started, which was the worst time to retire. But, you know, she'd been doing a lot of reading, and yeah. she's feeling comfortable, and she's doing okay. I know we'd like to travel more. Yeah. Um, but... Um uh, I just don't like what I do yeah. too much. So, any as long thoughts as can,
0: of wh- how long, how much longer? Yeah,
1: you, I don't know. I, you, I, I, keep I, saying, I this question gets yeah, asked to you all yeah, the time. I do, I do. I keep saying, I keep, <laughs> I used to tell my accountant that just put like 10 grand in an account <laughs> for therapy for the kid that I dropped dead <laughs> on in the exam room because somebody's going to need some therapy. I'm just, we like, poke it along and just go thunk. And it's that poor kid's going to need therapy for a while. So, we'll just pay for that.
0: But it really speaks to your love of what you're doing. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. I, I mean, really it's, I, I just wonder. I mean, it was like a lightning bolt for you, yeah. right? and oh, yeah. I'm, I'm just yeah. wondering how, because medical students are people mm-hmm. just starting their career. Yeah. I'm just, do they do lots of shadowing or lots of mm-hmm. practicing, and then yeah. just see like does yeah. it does it hit me?
1: Yeah. Yeah. You do. You do lots of shadowing. You lots yeah. of, you know, if you're trying to pick. Profession. Yeah. Look at the people in that profession. Yeah. So look at the pediatricians. Look at the orthopedists. Look at the anesthesiologist, Look at the people who are doing it, and see how happy they are. Yeah. And me as a pediatrician, the pediatricians I saw were happy. Yeah. And I knew I liked it anyway. I feel bad for my kids because my kids both had to struggle with what I'm going to do with my life. I'm like, Yeah. Can't help you. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I knew yeah, exactly yeah. when. Um. But uh, it really was nice to know right from the beginning.
0: So I, I think you answered this question earlier, but maybe you can repeat yourself or consult okay. whatever you want. What is the best thing about being a
1: pediatrician? The best thing is that, as, well, the best thing is helping the families yeah. and watching the kids grow up. And there's a couple of best things. Yeah. Watching that newborn. Um, helping the, those parents with, helping the newborn. The parents with the newborn. Um, helping the parents with a newborn. There's a lot of things over 41 years that you learn about how to deal with bedwetting and how to deal with kids who are biting and how to deal with kids who are doing this and that. And there are things that people haven't heard. And so when they're really frustrated because they can't get their three-year-old to stop sucking their thumb and you go, well, here's an interesting little tip you can use. And they go, that's brilliant. I never thought of that. You need
0: a podcast. Oh, it's You, part- need, you <laughs> need your own podcast with these tips and stuff like that. Right, a-
1: good. Yeah, the little tips like that. I mean, that's the kind of stuff It's really nice to be able to help people. And I get so many and, – and it's funny, the offshoot of that which I shouldn't say out loud and, and have published, the offshoot of Same. that is we have so many people who will come back to me and when their kids are like 17, and they'll say, you know, Dr. Harkness told me when you were three that I should do this. And I'm thinking, I never said that. I would have never said that. No, that's terrible. I wouldn't have said that. And I listened and see how good you turned out. And I think, yep, that's what I said. And I thought, oh, no, I really didn't say that. But oh
0: my god, that's
1: okay. I'll get Misquoted, it's all right.
0: Oh, that's amazing. Oh, it's It's so funny when it happens. So the the counterpoint to this question, of course, is what is the worst thing about being a pediatrician? Uh, Given bad news. Given bad news. Yeah, given bad news. I've had
1: to do that a few times. Um, I don't like giving it over the phone. Yeah. I've driven to people's houses. To say wow. you know, that that CBC doesn't look good and yeah. it might be leukemia. Yeah, um, I have. I, I just don't like to give bad news. I don't like to get in confrontations with parents either. Um, that happens on occasion.
0: Has it happened more with the whole vaccine yeah. stuff? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Do- well, you know what? It used to happen more because I used to be much more of you know you've got to do this and I got to talk yeah. you into it. And and with the COVID vaccine, there's been so many questions and so many things that I've said, you know what, I'm here for advice. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm here to help you with information. I mean, when I started in practice, I was the only place you could get information. Mm. You know, when people wanted to know about a vaccine, they had to ask their doctor because yeah. there was nothing else around yeah, unless sure. you wanted to read the package. Yeah. Insert. Now there's way more information than you need. And my job is to weed out what the garbage is mm-hmm. and what the true stuff is. And hopefully, you know, patients will trust me to say, yeah. OK, well, I. And, and, but my, a lot of them don't. A lot of them feel like if it's on the Internet and it's on TV and it makes sense, that's better. So they'll ask me about feeding and a kid hits their head and they'll call me and say, I'm so worried. What should I do? And I'll say, what about a COVID vaccine? And they go, No, yeah, I've heard that's a bad thing. A little, di- a little yeah. disheartening, but
0: is but that the biggest point of? Com- is there any other? I guess it's the most common one. Are there any other common ones that people?
1: Very tough when parents are confronting each other. I so see. I feel really bad for kids who are in nasty divorces, and I see. Um, that gets really difficult when you've yeah. got to when you've got to navigate between the mom and the dad. It gets really difficult, and I'll point out to the mom and dad that this is really difficult for me and I'm seeing you for 20 minutes. So yeah. imagine what it's like for your kid who's living there all the time. Mm. It's like your two best friends You say each that, other. they, must, oh, they yeah. must,
0: do they freak out when you well, say that? Well, they just,
1: they're usually too angry at each yeah. other and they'll say, well, no, that's not what it is. We're, we're fine. Yeah. yeah. Okay, but, you know, look at how stressed your kid yeah. is. Um, but I'll say, you know, it's like your two best friends hating yeah. each other. Yeah. And um, it's really tough. It's really tough for them. So those kind of confrontations are really sticky to get into. Um, that's the worst part for me.
0: And how do you navigate them? You just kind
1: of just um, you try and get you try and get them to stay focused on the kids as much as possible. Yeah, you know this is what your child needs. This is what your child needs. There's a great book that's out there now, written by David Hill and another person I forget about about co parenting through separation and divorce. Got it. That is brilliant. Um, I mean, it's a real. I actually bought ten copies <laughs> and I've given out six of them <laughs> to people saying, look. You guys need to read this. You're fighting over these things that you shouldn't be fighting with, and your kids are really suffering for it. Yeah. Here's what you need to do. Um, so that's a tough part, but you just have to always bring the focus back on, here's what your child needs. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. No, that's fantastic. Yeah. Is there anything you wish you knew before you became a pediatrician?
1: I wish I knew that it was going to work out Okay.
0: Yeah. You know, I kind of wish I knew because it's
1: scary. You know, yeah. I don't that let, NICU must have been yeah, real. Yeah, the NICU part of it. But I think I wish I knew it was going to work out okay. Um, I wish I knew I liked it this much. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, you kind of go into it thinking am I making the right decision, and I wish I had known that I was. Yeah. Um, I knew it was going to be hard. I think it's probably harder work and longer hours than I expected it to be, mm. but it's not as as not as much of a problem. Because I like him.
0: Yeah. Was there a moment? So you said, because I know you you knew you wanted to do it for a long time. Yeah. But you said maybe there was some time where, like, maybe I should have done this, maybe I should have done this. When was that moment where, like, you know what? I've, I know this is the thing I'm going to do and this is the thing that makes me happy. Why Mm. am I even thinking about these other things? Yeah, it was medical school. Medical school. Yeah, it was medical school. When
1: I'd go through, I did a lot of different rotations in medical. Our medical school is different than what you guys do. We did normal the first year, so anatomy, physiology. And then we did pathology the second year. And then the third year, we had the rotations like you guys do. And then the fourth year, we did all specialties. Well, because I was thinking of pediatrics, my advisor at the time, Dr. Oliver, Said, um, don't do any pediatric residencies and any, any mm. specialties in your fourth year. Don't do any mm. of them unless you want to do something like a way. So I did mm. pediatric nephrology in Winston-Salem, but everything else I did, dermatology, I did cardiology, I did orthopedics, I did surgery, I did everything else because he yeah. said, You'll learn everything you need in residency. Wow. Just try other things.
0: Wow, that's a great. And thing. it was
1: a really nice, a really nice You piece gave me of this advice.
0: piece of advice too. I yeah. remember it's a great, it's a yeah, great piece of really advice. It really is
1: because that's the last time I'm ever going to see dermatology. You know, I'll see a little bit of pediatric dermatology, but all the last things that you're not going to see again. Yeah, So and
0: get a view of all these things, and it'll, mm-hmm. it may even help out where you when you go to residency. Yep. Maybe you'll see derm issues, nephrology oh, yeah. issues, which yeah. you do, I'm sure. You yeah. do, yeah. 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 No, it does help, yeah. So a, a special question
1: here I yes. have
0: Four-year-olds, <laughs> do you have any? <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> do you have any stories? I with love four-year-olds. My four-year-olds yes.
1: yes, Four-year-olds are my favorite. My favorite four-year-old story. My kids will love this. This is how I got the title for my autobiography. Is I had a four-year-old in the office around Halloween, and you'll recognize my style. I said, "So, what are you going
0: to what, wear?" What's on your tie, by the way? Right oh, it's now. teddy bears. Teddy bears, of course. Of course teddy bears, yes. classic.
1: I was going to wear Spider-Man, yeah. but he's way down here, so, uh, so you got it, you need to view it, on. yeah, Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So the four-year-old, and I said, what are you going to be for Halloween? And she said, I'm going to be a princess. I said, me too. And she said, no, you're too fat to be a princess. (laughs) And the mother, it was so funny because the mother's face went, "Ah, oh, my God, I can't (laughs) believe she just said that. And I said, well, it's kind of, I mean, if you look at the Disney stable, I don't really fit the mold of the really, you know, the Disney princess. And I came home and told my kids, and they're like, Dad. That's the title of your autobiography. That's yeah. that your life summed up. You're too fat to be a princess. That was perfect. So, so when is
0: this autobiography coming out? That's anytime. Any time. As soon as I
1: get some time to write it. You know, if I get my five yeah. days off, if I ever get COVID, I'm going to take the five. <laughs> I got. Ca- no, I, nobody would read my autobiography. I, I, I'd read it. Oh, I'd God. love it. I mean, listen to this. This is this is.
0: I mean, you're, oh. this is amazing. Honestly, oh, this is amazing. i write it. Thank I'll you. edit it. you But edit. then I'll have to take a cut. You know, okay. what I mean, maybe of course. ten to twenty percent is something like. I'll have a hundred million
1: bucks. Exactly. So then you. We can just it. donate it yeah. to the chat. We can exactly. start our up. We could. This is huge. We'll we're we're, we're going to talk about this yes. later when we start our thing.
0: Okay. And I got to ask because I'm just thinking about it. Can you give us some of these sneaky tips with like the, the thumb sucking and the oh, anyone yeah. that stands yeah. out? Because I just, I, I'm obsessed okay. now in the back of my mind. What, is, what are these things that you've learned across these 40 years? Okay.
1: The secret to three year olds. Yes. Okay. They're smarter than us. Yes. They're, they, they are. Just get over it. They're smarter than us. And they also have no governor as to how far they're going to go. So with a three-year-old, you never want to get in a power struggle with a three-year-old because you're always going to lose. And with power struggles, there's always a winner and a loser. And the winner always gloats, always. So the three-year-old's like, yeah, grandma gave me a cookie. (laughs) And we do too. You know, told you it was hot. (laughs) Told you. Um, So you never want to get in a power struggle with a three-year-old because you'll say you have to wear that those pants and they'll say, no, I don't want to. And you say, you have to. And no, I don't want to. You have to. No, I don't want to. And then they run out the door naked and you go, okay, fine. You don't have to wear the pants. So they won. They they beat you and they go, see, I'm wearing my, you know, the other pants that I liked. And you're going, I'm not going to let them do that to me again. So the way you deal with a three-year-old is you use the rule. The rule is you can't do this until we do this. So my kids were both pacifier kids. They loved, my my son loved his pacifier. And he turned three. He had a baby sister who was about four months old. And he turned three and he saw me chewing gum one day. And the pacifier, he was great. He was the best. He was a great baby. Both of them were. He would go to bed when he wanted to. He just knew, you know, knew he couldn't get out of his crib if he stole his pacifier. Mm-hmm. So when he got tired, he would go grab his pacifier and be like, okay, put me to bed. Mm. So, and he would sleep all the time. He would use it, you know, just in his crib and just in the car on the way home from parties and stuff. And um, he came to me and, and we kept saying, I don't know how to break him at this point. We'll just let his wife do it someday because I'm not going to break. He's a good sleeper. So um, one day he came to me, he saw me chewing gum. And he said, can I have gum? And I said, well... I wish we could, but the rule is you can't have gum if you have a pacifier. And he went, oh, okay. And you could almost see the smoke coming. out. like, <laughs> okay, what is that? <laughs> and so about three or four days later, he came in and, and I was, and I don't even like gum that yeah. much, but I was on. Chewing all the time. Yeah, all the time now. Can I have some gum? I, mean, I remember there, oh, yeah, the pacifier. And sure enough, about a week and a half later, he came over with his pacifier. I said, here, can we go get gum? I said, you don't need a pacifier? No, I want to get gum. Never asked for the pacifier again. Never stole his sister's pacifier. It was oh, it was just that was the rule. And then he got gum. He didn't even like the gum, but he was done with the pacifier. Did the same thing with potty training. You know, you can you, we buy the underwear. You wash it. You put. You buy the cool stuff like the, you know not the not the dorky underwear from Old Navy. You want the stuff from you know the Thomas and Paw Patrol and the and you wash it. and You put it in the drawer and you say that's for when. Johnny goes poop in the potty three times because you're three. Everything's three times because you're three because they have not count three. three times because you're three. And then when they look and you don't say anything else, you stop. You don't bug them. You don't nag them every day. You just go three times because you're three. And um, eventually, you know, they'll walk around for a couple of weeks with, you know, poop in their pants. good you know, And eventually they'll want to do it and they'll poop in the potty and then everybody celebrates. So, everybody, so when my son finally started chewing gum, it was like, yay, let's go buy gum. And we went and picked out like three different gums, and there was no power struggle.
0: So that's my
1: best thing for three of that's my best one. It's just a rule. Three. It's that's the rule. it's perfect. It's the rule. They don't have to they don't have to know where the rule comes yeah. from. They don't care. I had a mom that did it one time. It was great. I hope I'm not taking much. No, this is amazing. I had a mom that did You're it one time. Lives, oh, so. You're gonna change people's lives, though, You're gonna change for the so. better. So I had a mom one time, she had um three kids and she had a, a playroom and there was a little French door and there was a patio. And she had made breakfast, and the kids are running around. There's toys everywhere, and they're not in their clothes. And they were like three and four and five. And she said, okay, well, do you want to go out and play? Yes. Well, to go out and play, you have to have all your toys picked up and put in the toy box with the lid closed. You have to specify. You can't just say away because then they'll be in the washing machine and under the couch. and all. You have to put all the toys away. Because they're smarter than you. They're smarter than you, yep. exactly. Um, with, the door, with the door closed, and you have to be in your clothes. So when you get everything done, then you can come outside and they're running around and they completely ignore. So she went in, she did the dishes, she got a cup of coffee, she got a book and she walked out onto the patio. Now she said, I know I was at a little bit of a risk because they're in the house by themselves, but I'm, you know, five feet away. And she said, as soon as she sat down, you could hear three faces just, mom, (laughs) we want to come outside too. And she said, well, I cleaned my stuff up. I cleaned up the kitchen. I can go outside. You guys didn't clean your stuff up. And all of a sudden was like, but, 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 but we would to come out too. And they start throwing the toys in the toy box and everything. And, and she said, would you like me to come help you? Yeah, can you come help us? So she went in. She helped them. They got the toys in. The kids all got dressed. They went out and played. I said, that was brilliant. That was brilliant. Yeah, you didn't have to yell.
0: Yeah, You
1: didn't have to scream. You just did the rule. Yeah, That was the rule. I cleaned up my stuff. I go outside. So it's that absolutely was the magic.
0: Yeah. And the thumb sucking is same kind of thing. It's same like it's a rule.
1: Yeah. Well, you can pick when kids are 3, you want to pick a bunch of privileges yeah. that you don't care about but they do. I so see. gum, um nail polish, mm-hmm. makeup, um doing the dishes. Mm-hmm. That's a big one. Doing the dishes, getting to play with all the bubbles and everything, like you put an she- uh, apron on them. Yeah. Doing the dishes with mom, so you order with dad. So you put a chair up so they can get into the dishes and they get to do the dishes with you. Taking the trash out. Yeah. That's a big one. So you pick all those things. And then when the kids want to do something, you say, well, you really can't do that because to do that, you have to be a big boy, which means you can, you know, you're not sucking your thumb. Yeah. So, you know, girls with so, girl boys will do nail polish too if their yeah. sisters are doing it. But with girls that want to do nail polish, yeah. that's a big one. Yeah. And then again, deception and dishonesty. Yeah. So when you do that every day, mom goes, Oh, I gotta yeah. do my nails. And you take a lot of time, you know, when you do your <laughs> nails. You don't say anything about it. You don't say, you know, if you stop sucking your thumb. No. Yeah. They know. They're that's smarter amazing. than us. They know.
0: This is. And so, yeah, that's the kind this of. Is a, this has know. got to be a patented rule or something, or something like <laughs> it that. It is
1: free to the world. Too yes. Kind. It's free to the world. Too I kind, take Dr. no Kahn money is. for it. It's free to the world. Yeah.
0: So, switching gears a little yeah. bit, what makes, say, I'm a med student and I know mm-hmm. I want to do pediatrics. Yeah. Pediatric is for me. What makes a really good med student on your pediatric rotation or a really good resident yeah. on, in, yeah. during pediatric residency?
1: Eager to learn. Eager to learn. Eager to learn is a huge deal. It is such a drive. We have, first of all, I have to say, um, to compliment you, oh. you were a wonderful student, one of the best we had. <laughs> Thank you. And the Jefferson students in general have yeah. been really, really good. Um, we have had a few that it was obvious they didn't want to do pediatrics. They mm. didn't want to be there and we kind of had to drag them through. That is just tough, difficult. They just don't ask questions. Yeah. You know. They don't really ask questions. They're like, how long do I have to be here? You know, and that kind of stuff. So, um, but the kids were enthusiastic. Yeah. The, a, again, it's when you watch them come in and be a little scared. And by the end of the rotation, they're like, this is really fun. I'm yeah. enjoying it. That's great. So being enthusiastic, asking questions, um, Doing a little research on your yeah. own? You know, like when you see somebody and you say... When, when somebody comes to me and says... See, we talked about Oscar Slaughter's, and I looked it up, and I don't understand it or something. Yeah. Being able to show that you're interested yeah. in it makes a huge difference. Yeah. It really yeah. makes it fun.
0: And it was amazing for you. I remember you used to let me. I was so excited by the end of it. You'd say, okay, go in that room and just yes. do, and do it on your own. And I was yeah. like, this is amazing. And yeah. you'd even come up with things in the meeting. Maybe it, it doesn't matter. I can say yeah. this. You'd be like, oh, I have a phone call right now. I yes. can't really go yeah. in right yeah. now. There's a patient that's taking long. Yeah. Zach will get you started. Yes. And it was it was a moment. I was like, "This is my moment," and <laughs> I and, and I love that. But you guys yeah. prepared us for yeah. it really well. And really you know well.
1: what I used to do just to keep just so parents yeah. don't think I'm I'm ignoring them, when I would do that, yeah, I'd stand out the other side of the yeah. door and listen.
0: Yeah, really? I I didn't know you were listening.
1: No, no, I was listening to everything you said. Oh,
0: that makes me so scared.
1: No, 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 I was listening to everything you asked and everything you said because I didn't want to leave you there by yourself with the parents. So I would say, you know, I'd say to mom, I got to take a phone call, said, okay, if Zach comes in, and she'd say, oh, sure. And um, I'd close the door and then I'd kind of walk away and then I'd sneak over and listen. Yeah, listen yeah. at the door. No,
0: that's, I mean, yeah. I mean, that's amazing. Yeah. And it's it's good that you have, I think, th- this is something that I've heard from, mm-hmm. this is the fifth time I'm repeating this on this podcast, mm-hmm. but something that I heard from other doctors, no matter what you're doing, you're going to get so much more out of it if you lean in.
1: Yes. You should lean in yes. to pretty
0: much, uh, when you are going mm-hmm. on those nephrology rotations, mm-hmm. those dermatology rotations, lean in. Yes. Not only are the people around you going to, you're going to make them happier, more excited to mm-hmm. teach you mm-hmm. things like this, you're going to get so Much more out of it. And I'm sure you see that with the students that come in. You can tell the ones that are leaning in versus the ones that are just kind of getting by. Very much so. And I
1: got to tell you, with Jefferson students, 95% of them lean in. Yeah. And it's really appreciated. And it makes it fun to teach. Yeah. Yeah, it really does. Well,
0: you guys guys are great. So to be more general... Do you have any or any general advice for people picking a career of medicine? Because it's yeah. not an easy career, right? No, we have a tough slog easy ahead mm-hmm. of us. And mm-hmm. this could be anything. This yeah. could be how to pick your specialty. This could be lifestyle. Mm-hmm. This could be finances. This yeah. could be relationships, keeping yeah. those together. Anything in general you've learned throughout your career that you want to impart
1: on us students? Yeah. You want to make sure that you like what you're doing. Yeah. You don't want to do it for the wrong reasons. Yeah. So you don't want to be an obstetrician because your dad was an obstetrician or you don't want to be a hematologist because your mom was a hematologist. You want to do it because you're really curious and really interested in how those things work and you really think it would be fun to do. So if you're not sure whether you want to be a doctor, um, do some things around medical stuff, you know, volunteer at a hospital, see if you like that kind of thing. And then if you can try and, um, get um get in with somebody who's doing some of the things that you're doing so i really wish we could take more high school kids Mm. in our um in our practice i'd love to get high school or college kids you know come up and shadow me for a little bit um it works out a little tough because you know we're seeing high school kids yeah yeah. um and you know there's privacy issues and that kind of stuff but um uh, but, yeah, I'd love to, you know, just get kids to to do that. So go into volunteer places. Yeah. Go into places where you yeah. can be a candy striper. You can do something to help. Yeah. Um, and make sure that you like it. And then um, don't do it for the money. Never works to do it for the money. Ever, ever, ever. You're gonna be fine. It's a hard career, but it's a comfortable career. Yeah. I mean, I know I'm always employable. Yeah. I know I'm gonna make a reasonable amount of money. Yeah. Um, you know, your statistics on salary, yeah, that's about right. That's yeah. you know what we about where we are, and that's okay. You yeah. do fine on that. Um, but if you're doing it for the money, it gets really old really fast. Yeah. You gotta have something other than a paycheck that motivates you yeah. to get up every morning and do it.
0: No, that's, that's an amazing point, that's an amazing point, and I wish more people, because I did my first shadowing experience in undergrad, I was a little mm. later than high school, this is a random story, I'm actually speaking to, it's funny, I'm talking to all my old doctors, yeah. my old intern. when I was an adult, when I had to leave, when I was when forced had to, to leave forced you guys, to leave, yes. I, hate, I hated we to leave to kick it, but, you out but door, I saw yes. an internal medicine doctor I'm speaking to on Friday actually, and uh. she was so nice of me to let me shadow her in undergrad, and I remember, I was like, this is awesome. And this is yeah. a completely random story. It's irrelevant. I just think mm-hmm. it's fun. So she took... I had the stethoscope. And she's like, listen to this patient. Tell me what's going on. So I'm thinking of rubs, murmurs, are there weird breath sounds or mm. anything like that. And the thing it was is she's like, did you hear it? Do you hear it? And I was like, S3 sound with a crescendo. Yeah. And she's like, it's just... Her heart's beating really fast. Did you not get that? Her heart's beating <laughs> oh, real- yeah. I was like punching myself the whole oh time. Oh, my God. But it's an amazing yeah. – it's the thing that I think pe- a lot of people say. You can't really know it until you do it. Yeah, you, you can't it. know yeah. it until you do it. Yeah. And so the more experience you get with it, the kind of better prepared you're going to be and the better decision-making abilities you're going to have yeah. when you yeah. go forward. I think it's – I,
1: I also had inspiration from my aunt. Yeah. Had nobody medical in my family at all. That was the first doctor yeah. in my family. Um, but my aunt was a nurse. She was a, a assistant head nurse at Hahnemann wow. for years and years and, years, and wow. years. She was my inspiration. Yeah. And she used to. She there was an internist in Hahnemann back in the eighties, back in the seventies and eighties. Bill Oakes, who was actually very well respected as a as an internist, but he was also a really great guy. And she knew him well enough. And he would say, you know, if he ever wants to come down for rounds with the residents, mm. and two or three times it was funny because you know I'm in. Like sophomore year in high school, and no, was junior in high school, yeah. So I get dressed up with like the jacket Suit and the tie, and, tie yeah, yeah. and I'm sweating like a racehorse. And um, he would say, Oh, yeah, come on, and he'd come in with his shirt sleeves all up, yeah. and the residents coming in scrubs and looking tired. <laughs> and, and you're looking drag best, me, Oh, I'm looking like the, I'm looking like their attorney, yeah, you know. And um, <laughs> he would drag me around on rounds with him for an hour or two, and I had no idea what they were doing, yeah, but it was just so cool to it. see, yeah, I really did. So I, I forgot to mention that. I I, have, I owe a lot to my aunt Jean. She yeah. just passed away a few years ago. Oh, sorry, yeah. I know a lot to my aunt Jean because she yeah. was my real inspiration. So
0: get that experience early, I think, yeah. is a good thing yeah. to say. Get in there and do it. So a tougher yeah. question. Have you had any major mistakes in your career? Maybe not necessarily major, mm-hmm. but anything other people can learn from? Anything you said, okay, maybe I shouldn't have done that? Or has it all been kind of steps in the, in the right
1: direction? It's all small steps. Yeah. yeah, you make a little mistake here, a little mistake there, and you think, oh, I should have done this yeah. different. I should have done this a little differently here. Um, but luckily, if you're you know you're paying attention, you can um, you can pick that stuff up, yeah. you know, before it becomes a big mistake. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Have you seen any uh, major mistakes, and maybe not necessarily your colleagues, mm. but other physicians that you've seen, maybe even not directly, associates or anything like this? And again, it's the same general mm-hmm. question. It doesn't have to be medicine. It could be right. lifestyle, yeah. Uh, yeah. finance, anything like that. Any yeah. mistakes you've seen other physicians make?
1: I have seen physicians who felt like they needed to go in it for the money yeah. and realized that was a mistake. Yeah. Well, and your, your statistics saying that, yeah. you know, how many percent of them would not do the same career. Um, I'm flabbergasted by that. But but yeah, that does happen sometimes. I don't know that I've ever seen a pediatrician who said that. I have Mm -hmm. seen pediatricians who have gotten burned out and said, Mm -hmm. no, I'm going to do something different. But interestingly, most of them do it as a hobby. Ah. So a pediatrician friend of mine who's a cheesemaker. Cheesemonger, my um, pediatricians wow. who are musicians, I, you know, that, that kind of stuff. That's amazing. Um, but they don't get out of PE. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
0: that's And how about the other side? Physicians you admire. Are there certain characteristics or people you've l- looked up to, mentors? Is there something about them, things they've done, things you aspire to be like or had, did aspire when you were just starting? I'm saying like that guy's really great. Yeah. I want to be like yeah. that guy or girl or something yeah. like
1: that. Absolutely. Um, I don't know that I can name one particular one because yeah. they were all long It doesn't ago. have to be names. It could just be Pedi- what they what yeah. they do. Pediatricians who listen. Yeah. Pediatricians who listen. You can tell the people, even in residency, you can tell the pediatricians who would come in and the parents would start to talk and their mind would click and you're thinking they're trying to decide between whether this is a pneumonia or whether it's an atelectasis and they don't listen to what the parents say. So the people that would go in... And listen to the parents. Take a few minutes, and and I think that's probably the most important thing in pediatrics is making sure that you listen to the parents and making yeah. sure you acknowledge that you're hearing them, yeah. because they need to be heard. Yeah. And yeah. those are the people I really admired. They would make parents so comfortable because they listened. Yeah. And they they um, it really it really struck me. Yeah. So that's one of the things I try and do the you're most. is to try to make sure I listen, because. Uh, you know, pediatrics. Everybody thinks pediatrics is boring. Oh, you're going to be wiping noses all day long. It's so boring. It's really not. Mm. You can you can hear the same problem ten times in a day, but because it comes from a different perspective with different emphasis on different things, it's a different problem. Yeah. And your solution might be a little bit different. Yeah. Um, but you're thinking all the time. But it but it comes from um, it comes from the parents. Yeah. That's why I don't think I could do NICU. Yeah. I don't think I could do NICU. I mean the 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 tubing and the, the procedures and all that is kind of fun. Um, but you don't get that interaction. Yeah. You, know, you really yeah. don't. So um the the being able to listen to parents and hear what it is, not just what they're saying, but what they're really yeah, what they're feeling. You know, yeah. I'm really worried, I'm really concerned, I'm really nervous, um, you know, you can hear that in their voice.
0: Yeah. How do you get better at that is it because i i i hear this and it's, it sounds amazing but i'm just wondering how i could actually implement it because it sounds like something that's going to be helpful whatever field Any you field go into in medicine yes, do yes. you do you make a point yourself not to recede into your brain do you kind mm-hmm. of repeat is there anything you do in you particular?
1: what you do is you don't you you consciously get out of your mind oh my gosh i'm five minutes behind mm. Oh my gosh, this lady's got a way too long of a story. Um, <laughs> this child screaming is bothering. Yeah, you put all of that got out of it. your mind. Got it. You put that all out. You don't worry about. Oh my gosh, my attending's watching me. What's yeah. he going to say? Am I flunking this course? Am I doing okay? You put all that out of your mind. Yeah, and you focus on what is that person saying to me, and that's really important. Yeah, and you can practice that, and you get good at it. You yeah, get, you get better and better at it. Yeah, and you're I've gotten a- better in my career over. You're
0: a, I mean, you're an, you're an amazing pediatrician and why Thank I'm so you. happy Thank to have you because right? yeah. I think I think some of these things are so valuable. And, and uh-huh. if people heard it, and you hopefully know. they will hear it, yes. right, when they're first hopefully, starting yeah. their careers, it can change the game. It can yeah. change everything for them, yeah. right? Yeah. So, if, unfortunately, I'm going into okay. internal medicine. I had yes. a fantastic—it was a that's tough okay. decision for me, though. That's okay. It was very tough. You guys made it very hard we for me. Some, you made it best. very, very yeah, hard for me. But say I'm a third-year or even second-year medical student, and I know pediatrics is for me. What should I do? What should I do?
1: Try to work with kids. Yeah. Try to get comfortable working with kids. Um, You know, do camps. Yeah. Volunteer as a camp counselor. Um, Do um, stuff with other pediatricians if you can. If there's a place where you can work with pediatricians, do it. And see what the pediatricians, see the people that you, you know, if you're not sure about pediatrics, see if you like how they are. Yeah. Um, And... Um, you don't have to worry about what diseases are you going to do or what this or that. That's not really important. What's important is the lifestyle and the personality. And if those seem compatible with what you want to do, that's the best thing to do. But working with kids, I think, is the most important. Awesome. Um, Because I still, I mean, there's something about kids I just have always been fascinated with. I go to parties and I'm playing with the kids and everybody else is talking. (laughs) Um, I'm just fascinated with what children do. And with with how they think and how yeah. they approach the world, I'm I'm just fascinated with it, um, and it still am.
0: Yeah. So two, we're closing in here. I have two final questions okay. for you. The first one, again, another super duper important question. At what point in your career uh, did you put teddy bears on your stethoscope?
1: <laughs> oh, you know what? I did that for. Um, I did that originally in about '95. Ah. Now I'm going to ask you a question. Yes. So what age group is that for? Oh, God. Oh, no. You I mean, know, it's not for the teenagers. Yeah, no, it's yeah. not for
0: the teenagers. Is it for, I'm trying to think, I'm trying to think three to six is what I'm thinking in my head. Maybe not. I fail.
1: Six months out. to two years. Six months to two years. Because if you approach a nine-month-old, remember, yeah, nine-month-olds have stranger yeah. anxiety. So at four uh, months, they don't care what you do. But at nine months, you're not mom or dad. They don't want to be with you. So if you distract them with the teddy, teddy bear, bears. and then you can listen to their heart, that you can amazing. basically take out their appendix, and they don't care because <laughs> you got the teddy bear. So the six months to two years. And that was the thing, the biggest problem with COVID yeah. was, of course, for germ control. You I couldn't, couldn't wear, wear ties, and I couldn't do the teddy bears. I have a whole box of them in my office I can't use. Oh, no. Oh no! I know. Well, that's, that's a it's a great it's a great, a it's drag, a great addition. But yes,
0: I feel like yeah. as you go through pediatrics, as you go through your career, mm. you add things to your clothing. The more oh, you God, go yes. on, right? Oh,
1: you should see my name tag. <laughs> yeah, it's got stickers. <laughs> well, it's funny because when I get stickers and things, yeah, the kids will give me stickers. The kids uh-huh. will come in because they like getting stickers, mm-hmm. so they'll come in and say, "I got you a sticker." So I have a Dunkin' Donuts iced coffee. I have a rainbow. I have a heart. I have a... I actually. Um, this is going to sound like it's made up, and honest to God, it's not. I started in practice in 84, and every time kids have drawn me a picture, I've saved them. So I have a box in my home. I have a drawer in my office. I have everyone, and I've said, at some point when I finally retire that first day I'm pulling out all those boxes and I'm getting a big old mug of coffee and I'm going to sit and look at all my pictures. And then I don't know what I'll do with them. They'll probably go in a box somewhere. But I've, got, I've saved every one of my pictures that kids have sent me. That's amazing. Yeah. And it's a true
0: testament to how much you
1: care. I mean, yeah. really oh, I just really I love is. it. That to me, I'd much rather have, um, you know, a picture with a kid you know, saying, thank you, Dr. Harkness. I'd much rather have that than anything else.
0: Well, well, this has been absolutely fantastic. It's been been really fun, right? Do you have any closing words whatsoever? This could be towards people who are interested in pediatrics. This could be people going into medicine. This could be people that are wondering where to get the best stickers on the internet. It could be anyone.
1: (laughs) You know what I tell my kids? Yeah. There's three things you have to do in this world. You have to make a living. You have to do something you like. And you have to make your mark on the world. And as a pediatrician, you get to do all three at the same time. That's well, that's best.
0: fantastic. Thank you so much, oh, Dr. Parker. This, this has is, been this has been amazing. So much fun. Really this fun, really been right? Fun, yeah. I think people are going to steal these tips and they're going to write a book so. and they're not going to credit you Please and it's going to be Don't credit me. awful. It's okay. They think it's, you have hundred million dollars now. No, it's, gonna be. it's,
1: uh, it's knowledge <laughs> for the world. They're welcome to it. It's I'm sorry it. we lost you to Peds. Although that last <laughs> answer. I, hard fit, in I've been kicked out.
0: I did remember that I remembered to stay away. I remember the learning of staying away yes, for you as did. long as possible.
1: You learned very well. To yeah, stay away. And then
0: well. you slowly approach. And sometimes I would shine lights in corners because yeah. they're almost like dogs and cats. Oh, yeah. They're much smarter than oh, dogs yeah. and cats, right? Mm-hmm. But They the look and then you're like, ha, <laughs> Yeah, you, gotcha. But then yeah. they look. See, I didn't you, know what to do when they looked down. When they looked down, it took them about, in my short yeah. experience, three seconds. And then they'd be like, Yeah, Wheep.
1: yeah. Yep. I just couldn't. No, you—you actually, you know, you tease about that, but you actually did a great job in your rotation, and (laughs) you did really well. It was fun to watch you, as many students. It's fun to watch you. Go from being a little bit nervous to a lot more comfortable, and we only get you for two weeks. I mean, I, I wish we had you for longer. I mean, but in you got to start a residency program. Oh t- no, thank you. That's more paperwork. <laughs> no, I just I don't want any more paperwork. Just put me in a room with kids, and I'm fine. But no paperwork. But no, you did great in learning. You know that that degree of you got so much more comfortable, and I hope you felt it. But you I were did so feel much it. more comfortable. I felt it, then. and it's
0: really the experience, and it's the tips, and it's the knowing that you guys kept telling me. I was for some reason I was afraid I was going to hurt these kids in some way or tell them the wrong things and just send them down a spiral yeah. but you guys were no, you guys were I mean, there
1: for me two year olds running the walls all the time never hurts <laughs> <heard>, never, <laughs> never it's funny when you get the parents who, who the, the newborn and they say okay now I've, I've sterilized the bottles and I sterilized the nipples and I sterilized this and I'm Thinking, what? I said, "Why did you just sterilize?" Well, because the baby. And in. in about nine months, he's going to eat a bug off the <laughs> windowsill. You're going to wonder why you ever sterilized. You know, he's going to be playing in the dog's eating food, dirt, eating dirt, and you are think, "Why did I sterilize all this stuff?" So, no, they're they're very smart though. With kids, I heard somebody told me this once. You just you get out of the way, and they'll teach you everything you need to yeah. know. Just listen to them, and they'll teach you everything you need to know. And I say that to parents a lot too. That's amazing. Well. Yeah. Dr. Harkness, thank you so so much, and it's lovely to see you again. It's great to see you. you. Yes,
0: I still think it's crazy. You you were there when I was nothing. you came. I came all the way through the medical school, and now here it is. I'm going to be a doctor, and you're still still know you and someday when you have kids
1: bring them to me i'll I'll bring them them. even when you're
0: reading through that book with the coffee in your hands i'm gonna put i'm gonna put my child in front of you and and you're gonna be like (laughs) what is
1: and then i'm gonna say i got it (laughs) i got it oh it's great well it's great to be here thank you so much for inviting me thank you so much dr harkness thanks awesome cool
0: okay perfect